I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucas Mora. Kane was trying to follow in. And then Son. It's taken 14 minutes. The first goal of the Antonio Conte era is scored by Son. And Conte's Tottenham are off and running. Kane into Lucas Moura. They're queuing up here. Lucas Moura. 2-0 Tottenham. What a start for Antonio Conte. Not even midway through his first 45 minutes as Spurs manager. And they are two goals to the good. Lucas Moura's second of the season is the second of Conte's first game in charge. First time from Reggion, it's Ben Davis of all people. Kane on the stretch. Goal. 3 0 Tottenham. The Italian referee signals another strike. We haven't had half an hour. And this team, who contained 10 of the players that lost 3-0 here last time to Manchester United, now lead 3-0. And there is the whistle. Not quite Conte's coronation, but it is a victorious beginning to life at Tottenham Hotspur. There will be sterner tests ahead, but the serial winner has won in his first taste of the Spurs hot seat. On a roller coaster night, five goals, all of those in the first half, three red cards, all of those in the second half. But it was all about the win, and Tottenham have won by three goals to two. Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs. We do hope you're keeping very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us during yet another Europa Conference League night. But not like any Europa Conference League night, it's a very special night. It's Antonio Conte's 
first game in charge at Tottenham that ends with a win. Delighted to have back alongside me, I've got Jason McGovern, Mr Richard Cracknell, live and direct from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium himself and the great Frankie Major on the show. If you're listening to the show for the very first time, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Audioboom, we're across a range of different social platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And Spurs are up and running under Antonio Conte. Before I do start, I just want to make a couple of announcements. Number one, we've got the great Fabrizio Romano joining us on the show tomorrow, which you can see Jason already is self-containing himself with excitement to come. And we're also pleased, um, in talk about signings, uh, we've got one of us in terms of the manager, but also pleased to actually now officially announce Frankie Major as part of the last one on Spurs. Frank will be on numerous times this season. Love to have Frank with us again tonight. It's a great to have Frank part of the team. Um, but we are going to start, Frank, let's actually start with you. Antonio Conte is up and running. Spurs were a 3-2 against Vitesse. Um, under plenty of pressure in that second half, but remained calm and strong for the three points. Crazy game for Conte, but really... That was all about the Conference League. What did you make of that win tonight at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Well, thanks for having me as always, Rick, and thanks for letting me be part of the team. I'd like to say first, um, I love Pleasure. the team at Last Word on Spurs and talking all things Spurs. So, uh, brilliant stuff. Thank you, mate. Um, and yeah, a win's a win. Um, I think the general consensus, if you look on social media in the comments, is um, he's probably seen everything he could see in, in 90 minutes. Of, of where this squad is at the moment. I mean, the brilliance, I thought we started well. Um, some great patterns of play. We looked to, looked to have a good shape to begin with the first 20 minutes or so, or sort of half an hour. Um, and he also saw how self-destructive we could be. Uh, defensively, individual errors and set pieces again um, have been undoing us for the best part of three years. And Rick, you always put a tweet out every now and again about the percentage of goals that we concede from set pieces or individual errors. Now, for the last three to four years, it has been the staple of playing against us. You will get something out of certain individuals in this team. Um, and I don't think it would take Conte long to work that out. But the positives are goals, entertainment, um, five goals, two red, three red cards. Um, bit of a crazy game. I know Conte wouldn't have liked it. He said in his post-match comments that not the sort of game that he liked. But after just watching complete flat dross for the last sort of spell of games under Nuno, it was nice to be excited again. And um, I'll take the win. We, we know we're going to improve. He's had two sessions with the team, but it's nice to be entertained again and, um, and score goals. Oh, man. It's almost like you said there, Frank. It's uh, almost chalk and cheese the way we started that game in comparison to other games we had previously under Nuno. Uh, Jace, let's come to you. Antonio Conte's reign at Spurs gets underway in the most Tottenham way possible. A win but in absolute chaos, uh, a fun game, defending well, pretty well, actually, with 10 men. But nice to see a manager make changes to try and improve things and also change and tweak a formation. What did you make of the win at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? We need to unmute Jason. This doesn't happen that often, of course, with Jason trying to shut him up. In you come, Jason, when you're ready. Uh, my mind went back two years, mate, to Jose's first game where where Sonny put us 1-0 up and Lucas Moura put us 2-0 up and Kane put us 3-0 up and then we conceded twice in a in a crazy game that day. So, you know, talk about deja vu. But, um, you know, that's what, when, when I talk about style and why I bang on about style, you don't get a trophy today, but people have left that stadium tonight, can't wait to go to the next game. That is what I mean by a style. I don't care if it's a crazy game and goes 3-2. It was edgy, a bum seat, Totally absorbing, could have gone either way, crazy things going on, 
goals galore, good football, bad football. That is what your money got you. Total value for money tonight. And that is why the style of football is so important to make you leave that stadium entertained and want to go back next week. And my God, does everyone want to go back next week? Oh, man, I totally agree to that, Jake. You know, it's funny because um, we talk a lot about the style and about playing a certain brand of football. But ultimately, a game like in chaos, that is Tottenham as a club. Um, where we are right now as fans, it's just, and listen, it was chaotic. And I think Conte in one way maybe perversely enjoyed that. We are going to come on to Conte's comments after the game. But let's go to Richard Cracknell, live and direct from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We might have some background noise here just to give you a heads up because Rich is on the train, boarding towards home. Uh, Rich, a performance that dazzled at times, was pure comedy in other points. Um, and all above some prime city entertainment for Conte to chew over, but it was three crucial Europa Conference League points that make Spurs climb above Vitesse into Group G. What did you make of that performance, Rich? Live and direct. Uh, well, listen, I'm, I'm on a train. Evening, everyone, by the way. I'm on a train uh, coming from the stadium. Flew 2,000 miles today, four hours and it was worth every minute and every inch of the journey. It was bananas. This man's commitment. Bananas. He had everything. He had everything over there tonight. It was a game that we loved and Conte would have absolutely hated. I totally agree. No, um, after the game, when we see his comments, he didn't like it at all. Uh, Frank, you know what's funny? It was a great start, and it was actually a reminder of how devastating Spurs could actually be when they attack. But soon came the stark reminder, Frank, you know, the need for maybe additions in January, um, how Spurs defend so poorly, and why maybe we've seen Mourinho and Nuno put the caution first in terms of defence over attack. But all in all, um, it was a great atmosphere and a realisation for Spurs' world-class coach, Antonio Conte, there's a lot of work to do here, Frank, isn't there, for him to get his squad into? Recruitment is paramount. Like most clubs will tell you in football, you're only as good as your players. Obviously, a good coach makes a difference, obviously, but you need personnel. And I think tonight showed, again, the glimpses of how devastating we can be on, on the offence. I like the fact that he pushed both wing-backs high and wide up in the same line as uh, the three that he played at, 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 in the front, Kane, Lucas and Son. Um, and there were positive parts of, of the game, particularly in the early part, to take from it moving forward. However, we, we, we need players. We've known this for a while. Conte is a world-class manager, but he's not a magician. He's not going to change the, the DNA of a lot of these players overnight. He might get a little bit more out of them, but we all know, us Spurs fans who follow this club religiously and watch every single game, we know the weak links. We know who needs to go. Um, and we just need to trust that, obviously, Paratici and Conte can find the right personnel to bring in. Um, I think the, the glaring weak spot for me tonight was obviously we do need another centre-back. I think we all know that. Um, at least one, if he's going to play three at the back. But, I mean, Eric Dyer, sorry from that set piece. That is just poor, you know, feet in the mud, yep. mm. not anticipating the jump. Quite literally. Um, and, every, and, and I hate to dig Eric Dyer out, but every time he has a good game, he still costs you a goal. And I, I, I don't think in the longer term we, we can put up with a player like that in, in this team. And... Um, Unfortunately, tonight, I was not impressed at all with the two centre-mids. Um, I know with the three at the black, he likes to play with the wing-backs going on. He likes two holding mids to almost form a block, a narrow block, uh, so you're not susceptible for the counter-attack when we're moving forward. But I think we, we're going to need more than Hoiberg and uh, and Skip as, as a midfield pairing in a 3-4-3, if, if that's how we're going to play. Um, and January is only, I think, Bridgie, Michael Bridge, um, 
what did he, I think it was 58 days till January or something like that, 38 yeah, days, yeah. sorry. We're, we're counting down the minutes here, Frank. We're counting, counting down, minutes, down the days until January yeah. because we do need three additions, really. If, if, if we're going to be serious about from January onwards or now onwards, if we're going to try and rattle that cage of the top four at the very least, we, we need signings. Um, and obviously they need more time on the training ground with, with Conte. Agree. Now, uh, on the screen there, Tim Mann says, our midfield was awful today. Can't see skipping Hoybier starting next season. Not good enough. Massive area to improve. Let's take some of your um, questions, your statements after the game. Um, Nicky at Highland Spurs says, it's a start. Better going forward. Better link up. More determination. Fight shown second half. Defence needs work, but we knew that anyway. Uh, Sam Lewis says, crazy game. I think for sure Conte saw the good and the bad from us this evening. Hopefully this can be the start of something good. What a crazy game, though. Five first half goals and three reds in the second half. Face with tears of joy. Uh, Kyle Calderelli says that was a blessing in disguise. It will let Conte know exactly what needs to be tweaked and positions he'll need for January and the summer. And we'll learn more than what if we would have done if we would have won three or four nil tonight. Daniel Green says really impressed with the changing style already, but we should all have known no real changes will happen until Conte gets his own players in. These players are simply not good enough. Davis, Dyer, Mora, etc. Uh, Chris at Wale Man says, 22, happy overall. I'm taking it into account they've literally had one training session with Conte and been employed a brand new shape and tactics. We still need more energy in the press, but that will come. Showed heart, grinding out a much needed win. Um, Jace, this is from Michael. Uh, let's actually go to uh, Crackers actually on this one. Um, Crackers, this is from Michael Bennett who says, what is the main thing Conte would have learned from that performance tonight against Vitesse? I think he's gone. <laughs> what, mentally or physically or both? <laughs> he's probably gone through a tunnel or something. I wish we had. James, let's come to you on that one. Michael Bennett, uh, what is the main thing Conte would have learned from that performance tonight? That we need to improve defensively, that's for sure. But, you know, there's there's lots of um, there's lots of flack for, for Dyer and Davis tonight. And yet, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm pretty certain it was Romero that got sent off with an absolutely ridiculous challenge. He was the one that almost cost us the game. He was the one that put us on the back foot by reducing us to 10 men. So, you know, you can never go at Eric Dyer for getting caught flat-footed, but, you know, at least he doesn't. He stayed on the pitch rather than getting himself sent off. Um, but then, you know, you can't attack Romero at the moment. Um, you know, it was just... I think it was a perfect game for Conte because he saw how good we can be and he saw how chaotic we can be. And, and that's the best thing. But when people are having a go at... You know, in midfield, we, we've all got reservations about Hoiberg and Skip, but let's at least give Conte more than two training sessions to try and work on, on how it should be. And let's let's get to January 1st. We've got how many games between now and January? What is it, 13, 14 games? Yeah, not so, a lot of games. Indeed, so yeah. let's, let's see where, where a partnership of Hoiberg and Skip is then. Let's see where, where, where you know, I mean, Davinson Sanchez came on, got his head kicked in, and we still looked an excellent defender tonight. So... You know, let's let's give Conti a little bit of time before we start, before we go into trying to sign twenty-five players in January. Let's let's give him a chance to work with this lot. Yeah, I mean, Harry I mean, Winks is a prime example. You know, everyone wants him sold, but he actually had he had fifteen twenty minutes tonight where Harry Winks looks a midfield player again. So let's just give it a little bit of time before we jump to conclusions on every single player in the squad because some because there will be dead wood in that squad that will become good. And there'll be one or two loved current loved ones that will become Deadwood. So let's let's just let time play itself out until yeah. January. 
That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Maria on the screen says, today's emotions, excitement, joy, disappointment, worry, stress and glad it was all over. What a game, Maria. We echo those thoughts there. Um, let's come over to Senor Cracknell, who is, I say, currently still on a train on his way back home. I say home. I mean, I say he left his home about 24 hours, 24 hours ago, no, Rich. Um, Rich, question here for you. This is from Slick Dog 80. He says, why are we so bad at defending set pieces? This is a massive area for improvement for me. Cutting these mistakes out would be a very good start as any team will fancy their chances if they can get it in the mixer. How do we improve that defence, Rich, for you? Oh, well, it's train, 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 more training, training, more training, more set pieces, more training, more training. And then guess what, Rick? More training. You've just exactly you've just got to keep doing it and doing it and doing it until it becomes muscle memory yeah i think we got the last bit of muscle memory we we got it correct we got it we got it rich we're gonna have to bring rich back in it's gonna be one of those shows <laughs> right? one of those i'll tell you what just, just to elaborate just to jump in there oh, um what crackles was saying about train 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 the same players have been coached by Nuno Jose and not Conte yet, but Jose is not an idiot. I know he, he, he didn't really fit at Spurs and, and it, was, it wasn't the greatest tenure of his career, but these same players have been conceding from set pieces under coaches who know how to set up against set pieces. And obviously we do work and training on defending set pieces and they're still making the same mistakes. So I understand that the coaching is going to need to improve, particularly in defending set pieces, but I also think we need new personnel at the back. I, I take on board what Jason says. Um, obviously, allow Conte to, to have a look at everyone. And I trust Conte. Again, if there are players that I don't like that he wants to play, I will trust him because he's a world-class coach. But we, we need we need defensive recruitment. We, we, it's not really going to change too much, in my opinion, unless we get a couple of his own players in. Um, yep. It's been going on for three, four years now, Rick. You know, this, this individual wearers, set pieces... Um, so I think it's going to be a little bit more than just hard work on the training ground, personally. No, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Um, let's get into the teams ahead of the game because Antonio Conte named for the first time ever his Spurs starting eleven ahead of the game, having only taken the job just the two days before. And it was straight down to business for him. Um, it was quite ironic, actually. We saw an immediate change to the Spurs warm-up. Extremely intense and lively possession game. Conte staff onto every player demanding more and giving instructions full of passion and enthusiasm from the players down to the coach, which was great to see. Um, it did appear that Spurs would operate with a three-at-the-back system consisting of Christian Romero, Eric Dyer, Ben Davis, with Sergio Riccardon and Romeo Emerson Royale utilised as win-backs. Uh, Harry Kane and on starting the attack for Spurs alongside Lucas, Lucas Mora with the likes of Ndombele, Lo Celso, Deli and Bergvine starting from the bench. And as always, let's come round to you on this, Jace. Hummin who always seems to score goals of the new eras. He's done it against, well, he's done it for Mourinho. He's done it for Espirito Santo. He's now done it for Antonio Conte. And I say, a uh, great finish from Son. And exactly the start Antonio Conte would have wanted. I say, straight into that game. What did you make of it? Well, well he, uh, he should have put us 1-0 up even earlier than that, shouldn't he? In uh, what, the second minute when he went round the keeper? And got onto that ball, and uh, had he timed his run a fraction better, he'd have he'd have been through one on one to make it would have, would have been at four nil, I think, at that stage as well. So, you know, we know what Sonny is. He'll enjoy playing in this this system. He'll get on the ball. He'll be able to make his runs, and uh, we'll see a much better Sonny than we've seen this season. So, I've no no worries about Sonny whatsoever. 
Frank, just on Son, general, um, you know, like I say, he had, a, he had a chance, as Jason said there, with just over a minute on the clock, but it was cleared off the line before giving Spurs the lead not long after. It did work well in that front three, but couldn't make the same, same impact after the break with Vitesse dominating. Is Son at the top of his game right now, Frank, or is there a little bit of a drop-off there in terms of maybe fitness that we need to get back into his system? Because ultimately, um, you do feel with Son now that he's carrying a lot on his shoulders. He's almost become now, um, as Kane was, the, the main man for Tottenham. And although Kane, we want him to see him get back firing, Son, for me as a fan now, does feel the fan's favourite. Do you see where I'm coming from on that? Of course, because of obviously what happened with the Harry Kane scenario over the summer and Son signing a new deal and showing total commitment. Obviously, there's been a bit of a shift of the face of Spurs, in my opinion, and, and the opinion of many. But no, I, I totally agree about the fitness issues. To be to have the lowest running stats in the league. This is a game of sprints football. It is. Whatever anyone says, it's a game of sprints. If you cannot sprint or you're not putting any effort to run, then you're not going to win football matches. So um, the one thing we know we're getting with Conte, apparently three of the coaches he's bought with him are three fitness coaches, Italian fitness coaches. Um, and I've heard stories about diets down to snacks. There'll be no sort of any semi-comfort food at all in the, in the training ground or in the stadium. It'll be nuts and seeds, you know, for your snacks. So I think the fitness levels and the health and, and the science behind that will go at absolute levels under Conte. Um, I don't know what Nuno was doing on the training ground. We know that obviously Jose used to sort of let them get on with the fitness themselves. And that is, we, we were known under Pochettino for being one of the hardest running team in the league. To then go to the worst running team in the league, um, it's been incredible, really embarrassing. So um, Son and all of our other star men, I'm expecting their levels to go up. And Son's been brilliant this season as well. He's been our go-to guy and our main man. He's our top scorer so far. So if, if which I'm expecting, if he can go up another couple of gears and levels in his fitness and quality, then we're just getting an even better Son. And that, yeah. that is just incredible for Spurs. Totally I think, agree with that. I think, I think a word of caution that, we will probably concede late goals in the first, you know, few months of Conte because Frank's right. You can't go from 20th to first on those running stats without it showing. So I think they put in so much effort in those first 30 minutes, press, 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 that came second half. And particularly then we went down to, to 10 men. The, the old legs, the, the mind was willing to go, but the legs certainly wasn't. And it will take time for that fitness levels to really get up. So don't be surprised if we, we ship late goals for the first couple of months, that's for sure. Let's come around to Rich on that. Rich, for you, Son's overall performance, Rich. what did you make of it? Rich. We can hear you, Rich. We yeah, can hear let you. me just jump in on the point that Frank made there. Um, listen, he said that Conte is going to put nuts and seeds into the training ground. Have you got me? You still got me? We've yeah. still got you just about. Uh, I've, got listen, you just, I've got you just about to do it. No, I defended. That's how much I've got you. <laughs> <laughs> the only word I can hear from that training ground and in the camp. <laughs> I'd put there, I'd put donuts, I'd put chips, I'd put burgers in, I'd put ice cream in, I'd put the whole lot in. I'd just let them help themselves. And those that help themselves, see you later, and those that don't, you can stay. So put temptation in their way. Let's see how, let's see how, how, how professional and how serious they are. Tell them they can have what they want. All right? And if they want it, that's the food, they can have it. And if they don't want it, then they can stay. Simple as that. Just do that. 
Wasn't it, wasn't it, wasn't it Pochettino that in his book that said he picked a player for one game based on how quick he ate his dinner? Do you remember? Yeah, I think. Was it Manchester City away? And he had a, he, he wasn't sure which player to pick, and he said, "I chose him because he ate his dinner slower or something than the other one." I think you're right. I do think you're right on that. Yeah. Um, you know, at the moment with Spurs, listen, maybe there is a need to maybe change the regime up a little bit. But um, do you know what? We had a we did have a flying start. Spurs going 2-0 up and it was a lovely goal from Tottenham. Uh, Lucas de Kane, who pretty hold off his man, rolled the ball back to the Brazilian and Lucas pretty clear to finish. One means one versus the goalkeeper. And to be fair, we were pairing at this point. Um, you know, listen, we can go back to Rich because um, we're going to try and get some more time from Rich if we can. As he balls, as he's balled his training session. Um, Rich, it was a sumptuous Kane assist as well, along with a composed finish from Mora. And it was a great first 20 minutes or so from Spurs and Conte. And we were flying. I mean, what was it like in that stadium? The roof must have been coming off, right? <laughs> I'll tell you what, we're going <laughs> to... Do you, know what's, do you know what's a shame here? Do you know what's funny with this show? We get so many people that listen to us on an audio version. They're going to be in absolute hysterics thinking, what is going on every time we go live to Richard? But we will go back to Richard in a second. We will go back to him. Frank, um, Spurs' start for 2-0. The, the way we come out of the blocks with such intensity, with such desire, passion, determination, would that have given Conte hope that you know the players are already starting to buy into his message? Although we know there's a real need to defend that we're going to come on to shortly. Of course, um, the intent was there, purpose, getting the ball forward. As I said, I like the shape. I like both wing-backs coming as high as the front three. Um, and, and it looked like we were, we were going to absolutely steamroll with them. But as Jason said, I think that where we've been bottom of the running stats for so long, it is going to take us a while to get up to speed. It is. And you can, you can yeah. see that. I mean, these are professional footballers and, and the issue has obviously been running. And you can see just before half-time, we look absolutely knackered. Um, oh, it's oh, it's it's oh, here he comes. <laughs> Keep jumping oh, in and out of the show, though. That's the only problem. Crackers, are you there, mate? The beaming smile there of Crackers. I mean, Frank, please carry on. beaming, buttery smile, but no, I was. I was going to say, obviously, that is one of the main issues in this squad is getting them all up to speed and fully running fit for, for the Conte style of football. Um, but, yeah, it was a fantastic start. I've said to you before, Rick, my most frustrating player at this football club is Lucas Mora. Because tonight you saw you saw all of Lucas, didn't you? You saw the goal, um, some positives. Then you saw some of the worst passing you'll ever see. Um, just complete mishmash running in blind alleys. Just He's brilliant one moment, so inconsistent, so up and down. But... Again, he does contribute more than many others in the squad. He does, Lucas. Um, and you can never, ever doubt his desire and work ethic. But it was positive to get off to that start. You can yep. tell, obviously, there's been a massive shift from what they were doing under Nuno to Conte, um, who they're working for now. The levels would, will naturally go would up. You, would you must say, Frank, do you not think that's really impressive how quick as well? Bear in mind, he's only had one full training session with them. Are you being impressed by how quickly already there has been a slight change in style by the, how we started that game? I don't think you can read too much into it because he only has had two two sessions. So it's more his presence and his aura and his reputation and who he is that has got that performance out of them rather than what he's done on the training ground. And it just, again, goes to show that those players were not playing for Nuno. And it, it happens. You see this at football clubs just before one manager leaves and just after a new manager comes in, you can tell whether the players are playing for that manager. And um, the, the level 
the difference in levels tonight and start that game, that first 20 minutes of absolutely everything you want from, from a football team was, was frightening compared to what we've been watching recently. Totally agree. No, I do. Sometimes, sometimes I don't think it's a case of playing for a manager. It's belief in what you're being told to do. You know, when, when they talk about lose the dressing room or they, they don't play for a manager, it's not that I think they, they think, oh, God, I can't wait for him to be sacked, so I'm not going to do this, not going to do that. It's just they don't have any belief or confidence in what they're being told to do. And that affects your decision-making and it affects the tempo in your game and everything. With You know, as, as I've said it before, it's, it's their job. And we all know, if you equate it to our jobs, if you've got a boss you don't respect... You know, no matter how much you go into work and try and do your job, it does affect your performance. Not not deliberately so, but it affects how you perform. It affects your ability to make decisions because you're thinking, oh, he doesn't really want me to do that. And I think that's that's the thing. It's not that they deliberately don't try for a manager. They just they, our players particularly focusing on Spurs weren't buying into Nuno's tactics. The fans no, weren't. Exactly. We were sitting there absolutely bored, passing it sideways, sideways, no purpose, yeah. no intent. It was too yeah. slow. And you're yeah. totally right, Jace, but I also think when a manager of a reputation or with the reputation of a Conte comes in, um, regardless of that, it, it, you, get, you get a higher level out of the player. Of course you because, do. As you of course say, you do. They, they, he's, he's proof is in the pudding. He's, he's a proven winner. He's done it recently uh, and they'll buy into what he's doing because of who he is. And um, if, if we could get that reaction, which we got yeah. for the first 20 to 30 minutes in this first game, three, yeah. four months down the line, when exactly. he's had time to coach his system, I'm, I'm very positive about what could become under Conte. I know it's That's one it. game. Yeah, yeah, exactly agree. No, you're right. Huge you're, difference. You're, huge you're, difference. Spot, you're spot on. I'd say, um, the reason I say we're looking down at the moment is we're just waiting for some quotes to pull through from Antonio Conte and we're going to share them with you. Um, let's go back round to Senor Crackers, who is now located the train station where we're hoping from an audio perspective you're going to hear the dulcet tones of the man himself who's come all the way over to the UK Big beaming smile there and frozen. So we're going to hold off on going back to Richard. So this is... this. Oh, no, he's back. Hold on, he's back again now. Let's see if we can get hold of Rick. No, he's gone again. Is he here? No, he's not. Oh, he's here. Hold on. He's defending a set piece now. I tell you what, he's Eric Dyer all over this. He's tonight, isn't he? He can't, can't mark a man. He's gone again. Let's go back around to you, Jace, actually, on this. Um, you know, we mentioned Lucas Lincoln at well as part of the front three. Was unlucky not to score a second before Son actually found the net. Didn't take him long to get on the score sheet. However, some poor play for him did allow Vitesse to score a second as his sloppy pass was seized upon. But before that, um, it was officially down as an own goal after Davis and Kane scuffed shots in the box. Um it was a real messy third goal. I know Spurs announced it as a Kane goal. Um, it wasn't a Kane goal. But how impressed was you with the way Spurs were really ruthless in that first half in terms of taking their chances? Yeah, like I said, other than that, that first one in the, the second minute, I think I think we actually only had, at that stage, we'd had three shots on target and score with all three. And then, you know, just, just to balance it out for Nuno, we then went 62 minutes without a shot on target. <laughs> but we'll we'll keep quiet about that one tonight. No, um, you know the ruthlessness. That's what you've got to be. You've, you've got to take those chances. And um, the third one, the third one's an own goal. But you know, it was I, I couldn't quite believe how Ben Davis was in there. You know, charging forward like that from centre back, and it was a bit of a scuffed scuffed pass of Ben Davis. But you know, it's just good to see. In good to see a player in that position. And, and just after that, I think. Uh, it was a uh, Emerson Royal cross that Reggion just couldn't turn, ju just couldn't reach. And I think that's what I like to see when one fullback crosses and the, the other fullbacks on the end of it. And that's how I want Tottenham to play. 
Yeah, totally agree with that. Now, Richard is located in a car. Um, so this, this is going mad. We've had, we've had the train, we've had the station, we're now in a car, and we, we can now hear him just about. Where so we get him on the plane, we, Rick? We we'd have more luck if he was in space, I tell you. I'll tell you what, he's better connected when he's in space. Um, Rich, let's, Rich, let's, let's cross back over to you, Rich, uh, because... Um, you know, we did see Vitesse get back into the game. Um, having just scored an own goal, Rasman up the other and made it a goal back from a corner. Does it concern you, Rich, just how poor Spurs are defending set pieces? Oh, Rick, it's just like it's set pieces, like I said to you before, set pieces, free kicks, corners. It's just our Achilles heel, isn't it? So, like I said, what well, I tried to say about 10 minutes ago, um, we, yeah, we've got to train, 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 and then if they can't yeah, do right. it, then like, listen, we just got to get new personnel in. But can do it. It's as simple as that. So, and listen, Conte's going to be the man who's going to be absolutely ruthless enough to do that. He's going to give people a chance, and he's going to train them and train them and train them. And if they still don't get it. They're out the door, and that's that's exactly what this team is crying out for. Yeah, no, I do agree on that point, and this is something that we talk about in terms of Spurs defensively. You know, new. Uh, I think Conte knows just based on that game alone, there is a lot of work to do. And if you didn't know before, he certainly does know now. Um, Jace has come back round to you because, um, like I say, that defender making amends moments after scoring his own goal, and it came from Larissa actually making a stunning fingertip save from Tronstrad's brilliant long-range effort. Um, and then we see him, like I say, get back into the game three-two. Barrow rolling home a really cool finish after Lucas lost possession. Game on. How concerning was that? The nature of how we considered those goals so quickly. Um, that would really be concerning for Conte, wouldn't it, in terms of the fixture schedules that we've got and how little time there is to work with the players between the games coming up? Well, of, of course it will. But, you know, set pieces, set pieces we know we've got a weakness with. So we'll address that. And, and then the, the second is a, is a sloppy pass to start it off with. But, um, you know, Hugo actually made three or four top saves tonight. And, uh, I mean, Vitesse gave us all sorts of problems, didn't they? I think they've had twice as many shots as we have all night long. I was really impressed with Vitesse for a lot of that game. Um, the way they responded, they didn't drop their heads and that. So, fair play to them. But, of course, Conti knows he's got work to do. But, you know, over the next couple of days, he'll he'll get stuff. And, you know, fortunate. I mean, if we'd have played Liverpool tonight, we'd have been in serious trouble, that's for sure. Um, but you know, when you've got some of the games that we've got coming up with Everton's and Burnley's and that, I think that there's time on that training pitch to work it and we'll, we'll see where we are, mate. Like I say, we'll, let's get to January and see where we are then. But I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll improve us defensively, that's for sure. He'll have yep. time to try different defenders. He'll have time to try different midfield players out and, and different you know, the different balance between the two central midfielders. And let's let's give him time to work before we jump to conclusions on one night. Totally agree. Frank, let's uh, take a question from our listeners. This one is for you. Um, this is coming from, let's uh, go to Kurt Butler, who says, at Boy 89 how much, Frank, does it surprise you that in terms of our fitness, we've fallen off the pace? Is that still a massive issue for you in just terms of, Generally from Spurs, under Pochettino, we were such a good team in terms of fitness. We'd last at 80, 90 minutes. If you saw, if you saw a lot of Spurs' goals, they'd all come in the last 10 minutes of games to win them, right? 91 and 94th minute winners. Is that 
a real concern for you with Spurs at the moment that the fitness doesn't seem to be there and it might be based on the previous couple of managers that we have had. How quickly can Conte establish that and get that drilled into the players? Well, it also hasn't helped that we've had major tournaments over the summer for you know, South yep. American, American players and the European players. Um, but yeah, to go from what we had with Pochettino to, to where we are now is, is disgraceful. And we need to implement a culture now at this club, like a Liverpool or Manchester City, where you hear stories from Aguero when he moved to Barcelona. He said, when I was at Manchester City, an hour and a half before training, the gym was full. And I'm hearing the same stories out of Liverpool. Um, you look at the fitness levels of Liverpool over the last few years under Klopp. They are relentless. And we need to create that culture at the club again. We had that under Pochettino. We did. Um, to, hearing some of the training methods he put the players through. He put them through hell. And fortunately for us, Conte is a manager in that mould. As, as I said, he's got three Italian sports fitness coaches with him. Um, John Terry commenting on uh, an Instagram post the other day saying, Harry Kane, get ready, be prepared to work hard. And the jogging emoji. Um, Cesc Fabregas, all of these ex-players who hate us, by the way, all lauding how good a manager Conte is. But the one thing they all sa- they've all said is be prepared to, to go through suffering and pain. And he's spoken a lot about that, hasn't he? Suffering, pain, Indeed. there's no victory yep. without suffering. Son, after the game today, said, we need to suffer. In order to win, we need to suffer. So all these little anecdotes and, and little catchphrases that Conte's already, he's been there a day or two, that he's already instilling in the team, I like the sound of. And, and we need to get it back, Rick. And, and we need that culture back at the club. Because for this season particularly, and for periods under Jose, we have watched players strolling around the football pitch with no interest for one reason or another in putting their hard yards in. And as I said earlier, I'll say it again, this is a game of sprints football. If you cannot sprint at the highest level for 90 minutes, then you're not going to survive. And it's as simple as that. Totally agree. Uh, We are going to go for our first break of the show. Taking you into this break, you're going to hear from Tottenham Hotspur's new head coach, Antonio Conte, who gives his thoughts and his breakdown to not actually, not he's not actually, just to be clear, he's not having a breakdown just yet. He breaks down the... (laughs) One game we'll have a break down at Tottenham. I mean, listen, to be fair, if you've seen the images already, you wouldn't blame him based on our defending tonight. But, um, I, hope on, he's on, I hope he's not on Crackers' train, that's for sure. <laughs> we'll never hear from him. No. So that defending, we'll come on to that in a second. Uh, but you're going to hear from Antonio Conte, who, who like I say, gives his thoughts, uh, his analysis on Spurs, getting over the line against Vitesse. OK, we're here with Antonio. Antonio, your first game. Wow, you must have gone all, through all the emotions tonight. Yeah. A lot of emotions, yeah, because uh, um, we were winning 3-0 and uh, we were dominating the, the, the game and created many chances also to, to score more goals. And then uh, in 10 minutes uh, and uh, it happened what uh, you don't think, you know, that uh, can, can happen. And we considered two, two, two goals and uh, we gave the opportunity to Vitesse uh, to to go again uh, into the game. In the second half, you uh, can't imagine uh, to uh, to stay with uh, 10 men and uh, for uh, maybe half hour. And uh, that moment, uh, honestly, and um, I appreciate that my, my players uh, suffer because it's, it's important, it's important to to learn to suffer if you want to win, because uh, it's not uh, it's not simple the situation. And tonight we understood that uh, when we have to kill the game, we need to kill the game. 
um, but uh, we should win. We we have won, and uh, now into into only one day we have to prepare a, an important game against Everton. I need time. I need time to work. I need uh, time to to stay with my player and uh, to work under uh, different aspects, uh, tactically, uh, physically, to bring my idea of football. But um, I'm pleased because uh, I found a, a, a club with uh, with a fantastic stadium, uh, with a fantastic infrastructure. Um, we, we have a, a training ground that is is wonderful. But I think, uh, above all, uh, we have uh, fantastic fans, fantastic supporters, and for this reason, uh, we have to to give everything to repay this uh, uh, this uh, uh, effort of the, the the fun. Just about everything happened tonight, Antonio. But what? Please, I mean, it's early days. First game, but what pleased you? What aspects of our performance pleased you tonight? But uh, I'm pleased because uh, and um, we we create the chances, we score goals with the situation that uh, we prepared in only two days, and uh, this must be very important because uh, uh, the players has to understand that uh, when you. Uh, you try something to prepare the game in the best in the best way. Uh, maybe this can be helpful. Yeah, and uh, in one hand, in the other hand, I think that uh, uh, we should work. We should work. We should work a lot. We should work a lot. And uh, but this is a positive thing mm. because it means that we have a, a lot of space for improvement. Yeah. The only problem uh, is the time, but we have to, to find the, the right time to, to work all together and uh, for, uh, for one badge. And uh, I think uh, uh, we must make uh, proud our, uh, our fans. Going to end with the fans, Antonio. There was 36,000 here tonight for a European Conference League group match. What did you think of your reception? But uh, no, these are these are good senior. These are good senior. Like, it means that uh, <laughs> our our fans and uh, it doesn't care uh, the game you are playing. Uh, they are here in the stadium to support the team, and uh, this is I think this is fantastic. And uh, I think that uh, you can find this only only in England. Thanks for tonight. Thank you very much. Okay, Sonny. First goal of the Antonio Conte era. Three 0 up in half an hour. You'd never imagined it would finish how it finished, would you? Obviously not. I mean, I'm really uh, frustrated, you know, like because uh, we should have uh, even more enjoyed, you know, like the game, the way we played the first 30 minutes was attacking, enjoying playing football. Everybody was moving, but I think was uh, nobody expected it that way. And uh, yeah, it sh shouldn't be happened, but. Uh, could be good good lesson for us uh, to be calm down and to be humble to take uh, the opponent. Three nil after half an hour, but we're in the second half. We really had to show the other side of our character, didn't we? For for a good twenty minutes with ten men, we had to fight, didn't we? 
No, I mean, uh, sometimes you need to suffer, you know, like suffer the, the situation. And it's, uh, obviously, Kuti doesn't mean that uh, he want to get a red card. Uh, who, who does? So, but uh, sometimes football happens, and uh, as a team, we need to suffer, you know, so, but which is we did. And um, yeah, I'm proud that we suffer everybody together who comes on the ben uh, bench, uh, did a great, great job. So I'm very happy, but it shouldn't be happened before already this. So, I mean, the, um, suffering is good, but yeah, shouldn't be happening. Okay, look, Antonio's only been here for a few days. He's got to get his ideas across. But how are you and the players feeling about you know about this going forward now? No, to be honest, I'm. I don't know. I've been here long enough to speak, and yeah, it's just. To be honest, it's really sad that a manager goes and new manager comes, and it's always. Uh, something new but um, yeah I'm always looking forward to work one of the best manager in the world so um, we have we had a, a good manager enough so as a player I want to improve you know I want to improve I'm, I'm still hungry so looking forward working with him I'm so excited and I want to take everything from from him so I think he can teach me so so many things and I'm open and I'm so excited Everton feels like a huge game by the way on Sunday no, now now it's uh, head to Everton, obviously before international, and uh, after hard result from last week, so or last Sunday or last Saturday, yeah, we need to we need to bounce back and uh, before international break, so we need to be really prepare well and uh, yeah, everybody have to be ready. That uh, tough game, you know. Um, we know we've been there. Everton has always been good size, so we need to be ready, everybody. And the main thing is that we want to go there and get us three points. Well done, Sonny. Thank you. Okay, we're here with Lucas. Lucas, three-two in the end. I think you've just summed it up in one word: crazy. <laughs> yes, crazy. It was a war, uh, very difficult game, uh, and. Uh, I need to say it is because of us. Uh, we started very well, 3 new, and uh, after we conceded two goals uh, by our mistakes, and uh, it cannot happen, uh, but that's football. And then uh, we need to know how to, to suffer, how to fight together and, and be, be compact, be solid. Uh, and and uh, it became even more difficult after the, the red car. Uh, but that's it. We fought, and uh, at the end, everything went well. And I think uh, we deserve this. I mean, this game showed just about all of our characteristics all in one go, didn't it? The great start, then a couple of goals conceded, but then we had to defend. We had to defend as a team, didn't we? Especially with ten men. Yes, of course. Football is about this. It's about uh, it's about fight. It's about uh, defend as a team, attack as a team, and uh, being together uh, and fight together. That's football, and uh, like I said, uh, we concede two goals by our mistakes. We need to to to, to improve. Uh, we need to improve in never in, in a lot of points. Uh, but I think it's only the beginning of the the, the new coach, and uh, we are all excited to to work with him. We have a lot of things to learn, and uh, let's think step by step. But I think today we can we can get good things. Of course, uh, a lot of things to improve, but we can we can get uh, good things. And it was, um, it was. I mean, tonight we knew we had to win tonight, Lucas, didn't we? Yeah. We had to win tonight. Also, it was Antonio Conte's first game. So, how important was it to get through it? Yeah, a lot of things. Uh, 
around this this game uh, because we had to win and uh, and after the first the first game of the new coach like i said we are all excited to to, to work with him he's a he's a he's a winner he's one of the greatest of the last of the last few years in the last few years and uh, we are excited now we need to 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 be ready to work and uh, and put in our mind that uh, is also our our fault if uh, uh, if nuno gets sacked because uh, we are the players we we are on the pitch and uh, if you if you don't win is also our fault and uh, i feel i feel i feel sad because of this but we know that's football and now uh, look forward and uh, learn with uh, antonio work and uh, and uh, do our best well done tonight, Lucas. Thank you. Rich, we're going to come round to you if we can in the car now until uh, you make your way to the... Uh, <laughs> this to is the, like planes, the... trains and automobiles, isn't it, eh? Let's <laughs> 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 come round to Richard. Richard, I want to talk to you about Eric Dyer, some of the player performances, because he started at the heart of that back three, but he would have felt that he should have done much better for Jacob Rasmussen's goal as he climbed above him from a corner. He remained strong at the back line, almost Spurs, hanging on against the, well, in the end, nine men. Uh, sorry, was it ten men of a test or nine men? I think nine in the end, wasn't it? It was nine men, but ultimately, Rich, the question I want to ask you, Eric Dyer taking huge amount of stick on social media. Is he going to be good enough under Conte? Do you think he'll get wound up very early on with Eric Dyer's defending in general? Well, you know, there you go, Rick. You've just said again, Eric Dyer making a mistake. How many times do we say Eric Dyer making a mistake? makes a mistake it's just it just seems to be in him and i don't know whether antonio conte is going to be able to iron it out of him but like i said to you before with the set pieces if he doesn't iron him out uh, iron, iron that out of him he's gone it's as simple as that and that's just as ruthless as we need to be and i, I don't know rick let's see he's it, it, you know antonio conte's going to expose a hell of a lot of truths um, with this squad, a real lot. Like I said to you last week, we are currently like a company that's like either going under or gone under. And Antonio Conte is coming in like a receiver and he's going to thin out exactly what's going on and what's going wrong with with this with this club so 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 let's see i think he's going to give everybody a chance isn't he he's going to give everybody that chance and if they don't shape up they ship out simple as that and by the way rick i'm yeah. about 10 minutes away if that from wi-fi okay i'll, I'll be a wi-fi i've had planes trains and automobiles today and get this just before you move on God. When I was on the train from Northumberland Park to Harlow Town, five people came over to me and said, I'm watching you on the pod at the moment. <laughs> they Honestly, five people watching it on the train. They were watching it, oh, watching me, it. watching you, watching us. It made. Crackers, crackers, <laughs> crackers, make sure you turn that camera off, though, when you have a wee up against the lamppost in a minute, won't you? <laughs> 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 I tell you what, Joe. You know I love this show. I love this show. Uh, just just uh, quickly, Rick, just elaborating on the, on the Eric Dyer situation. Please do, please do, please Jay, do. Jason put a very valid point across earlier about Romero. And regardless, I didn't think the first one was a booking, but regardless, when you're on a booking, you don't tug someone's leg with your arms, otherwise you're going to get another booking. And it is he's a bit rash, and he probably does deserve criticism tonight. 
But I think the difference between Romero and Dyer is Romero's the proven winner, as he proved in the summer. Um, he's won individual awards in a league that's historically, you know, uh, revered for its uh, defending and its defenders. And we, we see the potential there in Romero to get yeah. better and yeah, be yeah. one of the, the world's best. The problem with it, someone put it on the screen, the Eric Dyer experiment, um, how many times? I mean, even when he does have a good game, I, I try to get King behind Donald. Dyer. Yeah. I think he's got some fantastic attributes to be a, a, a good centre-half. But mm. as Crackers rightly said, there is just something in him which he cannot help it. Um, the individual yeah. mistake, the individual error. He, he'll, he'll have a 10 out of 10 game for 89 minutes and then cost you a goal. And yeah. I don't know at this age, at the age he is now, I don't think that can be coached out of him because he's not a kid anymore. Yeah, I love this comment. Look at the caps. No, Ricky, Dyer is not good enough. He's just simply not good enough. You can hear, I can hear the anger and frustration from this bloke's voice here, Paul, um, on the screen right now. He's feeling it right now. Um, I do want to come on to um, Christian Romero because there's just so much about him general at the moment because, um, I mean, listen, we know overall, you know, if you lunge the way you lunge like that, it's going to be difficult. But I think like we've said already, we do see the attributes in him to be a world-class defender. And I think it is all about, for me personally, trying to find the right pair that's going to work in general for, for him. Jace, thoughts well, it's on not, it's Romero? Not it's not going to be a pair, is it? It's going to be a well, trick. Sorry, so. I, you're right. So I must say, it's going, to be, it's going to be a back three. So just on that point, because you called it very early on when you saw, I think, Romero playing the first couple of games, you said you were concerned already by the, by the lunge. And we're not sitting there for one minute, he's a poor defender or whatever. He's going to be great. He's a fantastic addition and we need him. Let's be honest, we need him to be good. So what's it going to take, Jace, to raise that bar to help him adjust to the league in a way we can get him to be playing every single week confidently? Well, ho hopefully experience will help him. Hopefully, you know, Conte or, or a, a good defensive coach will, will, will get into his ear. I mean, it's, you know, there's diving in but he's tending to do it right on the halfway line where, where you don't need to do it. But, you know, it cost us a goal against Villa, didn't he, when he dived in unnecessarily. Uh, I think Pacos, he, he he dived in once or something, cost us out there. Um, and it, I mean, there's been other examples as well. I think in, in the home game against Pacos, he almost got himself sent off with a ridiculous foul on the halfway line. Um, you know, it just needs to learn. It's, it's decision-making, isn't it? It's getting the decision-making right. It's it's getting that little bit of composure. It's it's defenders talking to him. It's instructions going into him. Uh, but, you know, he's young. He's got time to learn. But if you defend like that in the Premier League, that won't be his last sending off tonight. You can't do it. And and like I say, it's there's no need to do it in, in some of the places he is. I mean, halfway line and sometimes in the opposition half, that's just, that's just daft. Absolutely yeah. daft. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it will need work on. But... But you're right. You can see Romero that, I mean, what is he, 23? Yeah, very young. Eric, and he, and he still has 28 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, Devin, I agree with that. But in fairness, Devinson Sanchez, when he first came, was really rash and could dive into challenges and things. And all right, there's lots of things Devinson Sanchez still does wrong, but he doesn't, he doesn't dive in quite like he used to do anymore. So it will come with experience and better decision making. Yeah, man. And like I say, yeah, Romero, you've got to remember, this guy was the Italian Defender of the Year last season. So we're certainly, like I say here, not ruling him out. Um, we're not ruling him off. We know the quality's there. It is just going to take some time. And Rich, just to finish up on Romero, like we said there, that that sending off has probably been coming more or less since his debut because um, it was pretty reckless. Um, you know, 
Again, book for dragging a pendant to the deck on that halfway line. But he searched forward early on, teed up some of a good chance. Um, had a bit more to do towards the end of that first half with Videsse coming more into the game before receiving his marching orders. Um, is it really for you, Rich, crucial that we do find the right partner for him, either in January or who we've got in the squad at the moment? Because I feel at the moment, Roden's been very unlucky to not have got a chance so far. And I'm not here sitting here saying that Roden's going to be the next... Um, Maldini at all by any chance of the imagination but if you don't try it and you don't experiment then how are we ever going to know the capability as to what you can do if you don't pair him next to someone of equal quality to him yeah I've said before Rick that Roden's been very very unlucky not to get a few chances given the way our central pairings have been and some of the uh, appalling shows we've, we've had from them the only problem you've then got is you like you, you've got uh, Romero at 23 years old and Rodon, but I've got shoes older than, than him. And um, you know, I, I, I think I, I think Romero Romero's going to be the man. You're going to get madness from him. Either tackles you don't quite know how he's made, or tackles you think to yourself, why have you done that like tonight? So there's a quality player in there. He needs an older, wiser head next to him, I think. And I don't know if that's Roden at the moment. So uh, I don't know, maybe in January, just somebody a little bit older, a little bit wiser, just to come in next to him. Perhaps we need to get Ledley back in again on the, on the uh, coaching staff and maybe just try and settle him down a little bit. But like, you know, like Jason said, like you said, Rick, he's 23. He's had, like, he's had literally 10 minutes so far like for Spurs and the Premier League and everything. Let's see what happens with him. But you can see there's some absolute quality there with him. An older wiser head next to him in January. But th there's other players we need to get in first before we bring in a centre centre defender we, yep. we've absolutely crying out for a central midfielder before that to be honest yep. but um, he needs time he's got to settle he, need, totally he does need to settle yeah totally agree on that um, can, I, let's can come... I just interject there just quickly yeah, I totally do. agree I think that the answer to the problem coaching aside he's getting an experienced older wiser centre back in that back three next to him to tell him where, when to go and not when to go He's not, with all due respect he's, he's in He's been playing in defence with the likes of Dyer, who we, we don't even know if he's an out-and-out centre-back, has been defensively drilled in the past. As you said, Joe Roden's young. He hasn't got an experienced mix of high-end quality centre-backs easing him into the Premier League. He's almost doing it on his own. So I think if we do get another experienced centre-back in, which we've already been linked with two or three, I think we'll see a better Romero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Um, let's come on to a player that is uh, one of our fans' favourite. Uh, I say that with sarcasm, by the way, before I get attacked in the comments, and that's uh, Ben Davis. Um, let's come around to you, Jace. He was given the nod by Antonio Conte, but was perhaps very uh, lucky early on to not consider a penalty after clipping what I thought was a definite penalty for Nikolai Baden-Frederiksen. Um, should have really scored when he found himself in the Vitesse box for that third goal of the evening, but the ball went in anyway. Um, as with Dyer above, as we mentioned, remain strong to help see the game out, but overall... Um, yeah, I'm not sure what Conte will be making of Ben Davies on the night. What do you think his thoughts were on Ben? Well, as you say, I think he did get lucky with that that first minute, or was it fourth or fifth minute? Because it was a penalty. He definitely clipped the bloke, uh, clear as anything. And if, if they'd have had VAR, it would have been given, no doubt at all. Um, but then, 
and it was nice to see him burst forward and get himself into the box. But we all know the problem with Ben Davis, don't we? I mean, you know, there is nothing new to say about Ben Davis. We know, we know his one or two strengths. We know his fifteen weaknesses. Uh, and we, you know, you call him six out of ten, and and you know that's what it is. He's, you know, he's the professional. He's obviously the right temperament in the dressing room. He don't sulk when he's left out of the team, but I quite want a player to sulk when he's left out of the team. But you know, th there's nothing new to add about Ben Davis, and no. I'm sure going forward he'll 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 have uh, he'll have problems. But all I'll ever think about is if. Antonio Conte can get Victor Moses to win two league titles. I wouldn't write anyone off at Tottenham yet. No, that's a fair point. That is a fair point. Uh, Frank, want to discuss, um, I'd say, Emerson and Royale, if we can. He was in a more attacking role as a wing-back this evening, made some very good runs as Spurs caused problems for their visitors. He had to focus on his defending after the break, but played a massive part in Marcus Schuchberg's red card after attempting to lob the goalkeeper. Are you seeing promising green shoots, Frank, from Emerson Royale? I feel like he's growing as a, as a player in a Spurs shirt. What's your thoughts on him? I've been quite positive about him. To be honest, to be fair to me, from the start, I have, Rick. I thought he had a yeah, tough task yep. uh, in the Palace game. Obviously, the way the game went um, and being up against one of the, the, the most, well, hardest one-on-one -on -one players to play against in the league, Wolf Zahar. Um, and I think he's steadily grown into the Spurs. He's had some, some solid performances. He's got an absolute engine on him. I like I like the fact that he's, he's got that build, isn't he? That sort of light, athlete, athletic build. What is he, six foot, 5'11", something like that? Um, and yeah, yep. I think yep. the defensively he looks sound. Um, obviously, he put a great cross in in the Burnley game for, for the Lucas header, but I think that improvements will be made in his attacking um, yep. part of his game. I think they need to be made as well. Um, he's a little bit predictable at times, but I like him and I think he's solid and I think he can only get better. Um, looks like a good signing at, at this point. And uh, with a coach like Conte, as, as Jay said, if he can make Victor Moses a, a wing-back, Premier League winning wing-back um, from, from where he was and where he went to at Chelsea, then I'm sure he can do a job with Romero as well. Yeah, that's a, yeah, a lot of comments on Emerson there. A lot of people were impressed by him. Um, Rich, has come em around Emerson, to you. sorry, I said Romero. Emerson, That's sorry, fine, Emerson. Don't worry, Frank, we know what you meant. We're all good. Let's come around to Richard, who's again has changed location. This bloke's doing more changing room appearance I've ever seen in my life. We've had so many different scenes here. I don't know where we are with Rich at the moment. <laughs> This is like an episode. Of I feel like we keep changing the channel with Richard. I tell you what, and he's he's back again. Do you know what I'm loving though? Like every massive beaming smile. This is fantastic. Um, Rich, you know, you, you know what, I think you've covered more ground tonight than uh, than Harry Winks. And I'll, we'll come on to Harry Winks. I know Jason will go mad at me. Back, but, um, he thought Winks played well. We are going to come on to Winks, but Rich Sergio Regulon, he played more of an advanced role again today as a as a wing back. Didn't we really get much joy in that final third? Dropped back to left, back in that second half, following that red card. Spent his time defending until pushed further forward upwards, followed by that triple substitution. Regulon, will he be a star under Conte? Will he make him the player we've been waiting to see? Well, I tell you, I, I watched Conte and Regulon in that first half. And Conte, about six, seven, eight, nine times, kept going to him, get out. Get out, get out, get on the touchline, hug the touchline, get forward, get forward. But but Regulon, it just felt like he was a bit like, but Nuno said, and Jose said, but Nuno says, and Jose said, he just like, he, he wasn't brave enough tonight. I was even screaming at him in Spanish to be braver. I, 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 honestly, I was screaming at him. I was right close to him. I even told him in Spanish, Rick, be braver. And that's the problem. 
he he was playing within himself a little bit. Royal as well on the other touchline. Conte was telling the pair of them, keep wide, keep up. But they kept, it's like muscle memory, Rick. That's, this is the problem. He's had one training session with them and the first game tonight. Yeah. But because of what Jose's put into them, because of what Nuno's put into them, they can't get out of the habit of doing what Jose and Nuno said. So this is all early times. But you could see Conte telling him, stay up and stay out. Stay up, stay out. He kept telling him the whole game. He will do it. And when he does, he gives defences and the opposition something to think about because he doesn't need to keep dropping back. He wants him out there. He wants him high and he wants him wide. Same as Royal. It will, it will come. So, but it was really interesting to watch Conte keep telling him, I, like, don't cut in, keep out. So it, it will come. It's so early days. It, it really is. It's just going to be, it'll be really, really interesting to see where we are in like, you know, by Christmas uh, and just if they start buying into him and start listening to him and just throw off the shackles of the previous two managers. Yeah, no, I agree with those points. I certainly do. Um, let's come on to, like I say, those changes that we saw. We saw Wink, Sanchez and Dombele coming off the Spurs. On comes Son, Mora, Skip. Um, Vitas Island went down to 10 men as uh, Daniel Docky was sent off for wrestling with Kane. Uh, Kane, like I say, turned him, forced him down for a second yellow card. And we saw Vitas subsequently go down to nine men. As we said, Marcus Schubert sent off after handing well outside his box. Brilliant pass from Winks through to actually create that opening. Um, Hugo Lloris, we must mention, he started his first European match of the season, but had little to do until a superb stop to deny Sondre Tronstad from distance, then did likewise not long after the break as he put a fine save to frustrate Lewis and Pender and Richelli Bazawa. Not much you could have done about the Vitesse goals, however, but again, Lloris proving his worth in that game. Some real decent saves from him. Um, Pierre-Emile Hoybeer played his part in the opener with some strong player midfield. Carried on putting himself during his time on the pitch. Skip um, let's discuss Skip for a second. Let's come to you, Jace, because, um, do you know what, actually, I, I must do the right thing. We've actually questioned Hoybier that I, I should actually answer before we do the Skip. Um, let's go to your honest question, Jace. This is from, let's find it here. This is from, now we've got to find the question. We are going to find the question on on, on Hoybier. This is from Anders Lindstrom, who says, am I the only one to think that Hoybier is massively overrated? And if you, I say, he says, if you could strengthen in January, which players would you look to maybe bring in to add an alternative to Hoybier? Is that harsh on him, Jace, or is that fair on Hoybier from what you've seen over the course of the last few games? No, he's he's not playing as well this season as he was last, that's for sure. Um, there's mistakes creeping into his game, but I wouldn't say he's massively overrated because I've never thought he was a world-class player in the first place. So depends what level you think he's at, doesn't he? I think he's a decent... I've always... For my, I mean, you know that from when we signed him. I've always thought he's a decent Premier League player. No more, no less than that. And um, it, you know, he, he probably shouldn't be playing every single game. We, we felt that last year playing every single game, you know, took its toll on him. Um, and again, he's another player that just needs the the right kind of person alongside him, isn't it? But um, yeah. you know, he's definitely not that as hasn't played as well as he did last year, but. Mm. You know, if somebody thinks he's world class, then he's definitely overrated. Yeah, um, let's come he's, on he's to got uh, limit, just quickly. He's got limitations on the ball. Yeah. We all know that. 
Yeah. And that's his biggest, his biggest weakness. Uh, and tonight, his passing was awful, being honest. Yeah. Um, Frank, sticking with you, let's discuss Oliver Skip. Again, far from his best game he had against Man United last Saturday, but he was better in the middle of the park versus Vitesse. Subbed off towards the end of the game. Um, I've seen a question on the screen now. I think it was, uh, we saw, I will pick it up again on the screen. It was from, I think, from Naju said, you know, is there a way in which the system does work for both Skip and Hoybe? I think he says you can only have just the one of them in there for him. Do you agree with me on that long term? Do you think it can only be one of the two if we are going to move forward under Conte with these midfielders in his plans? Yes, because the two between them are not dynamic enough. They're not brave enough on the ball. We haven't got enough quality on the ball to split the fences. Um, and I know primarily with that three, the shape that he has sort of two in front of the block of three and pushes the wing-backs on, you're still going to need more from a passing viewpoint from those two in midfield. I don't think Skip was awful tonight. I just think um, he's a young player. He's going to be yeah. up and down. Um, on, we we need to be easing him into Spurs. Um, he's found himself starting every game because we're, we're very short of quality in the centre of midfield. So yep. I think it would be harsh to sort of judge him on performances like tonight. Yep. Um, because we've got to expect from Skip, he's going to be a bit up and down until he's he sort of early 20s, really. So I, I don't want to be critical of Ollie Skip. I think for his, uh, uh, he's, he's, I know it's not his debut seasons, seasons I suppose. He broke for under Poch. But yep. I think for a kid playing mm. for his boyhood club that's come into a bit of a mess, really, yep. in his first full season, I think he's uh, carried himself well, um, uh, although he wasn't great tonight. Yeah. I, think, no. I think what you have to also bear in mind with Oliver Skip is we know they're not as a dynamic pairing. But as soon as you take one out and you put, be it Delhi, be it Ndombele, be it La Celso, be it Winks in there, we are so vulnerable then through that gap. So, you know, you've got, you've got to look at it. There is a reason, despite not being dynamic, that that's our best pairing at the moment. And oh, we, you know, we're so we're much more exposed without them. Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. 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 And that's where we need, probably over a centre-back, if you sort of held a gun to my head, What's the first position we need to yeah. sign in January? It's the yeah. centre midfielder for me. Yeah. Mm. That's fair. Let's come on to guys. Conscious of time, we've got to fit in a shit quiz as well. I must put that in there. We're going to be handing the reins over to Richard Cracknell, who has, uh, like I say, landed safely in a property where um, will not be known, will not be named, but he is in a safe and sound location. We can confirm off all vehicles on tra public transport. He is, like I say, in a safe and sound place. <laughs> let's, actually, let's actually go to you, Rich, to discuss um, Harry Kane, because he looked more like his old self. Registered an assist after some great form mm. play to slip in Lucas and was unlucky not to prod the ball home for the third. Barely had a sniff on the go after the break as he was playing up front more on his own due to Romero's red card. But did you see more of the, the likings of Kane that you would normally see as you watched him up close and personal? Well, Harry Kane's always said, if Tottenham Hotspur match my ambitions, I'll be happy. So we've now given him Antonio Conte as a manager. Reports are saying that he's he's really happy with that and he wants to work under him. He seemed to be very happy under Jose. He likes that type of manager. He wants a manager that's not only going to push him, but push the team that he's in. So, yeah, he, he looked like he fancied it again tonight. And, um, you know, like you can't really judge him. Like I said before on, on the show, on previous shows, we can't judge anybody under Nuno because he just wasn't getting the best out of the team. So now it's a chance to shine and a chance to see if he does fancy it or whether he's playing within himself and he's still like not very happy because 
he he didn't go. It's a little bit like the point we was making before with Hoiberg and Skip. I think they, I think as Spurs fans, we thought to ourselves, oh, Hoiberg's fantastic. But he may not be as fantastic a footballer as we think he is. It's just because we were so lily-livered as a team, as soon as somebody comes in that actually plays with a bit of passion and a bit of heart and a bit of soul, you kind of think to yourself, that's what we want. But that doesn't make you a great footballer uh, as such. Technically, it makes you a great club person and yeah. it makes you what like what you want to see as a fan. But yeah. that may go to mask a little bit of your footballing inabilities. So yeah. now with Harry, we just want to see him be happy, be trying. And we'll see now, as I said to you, it's an audit on everybody. Conte acts as an audit on everything and everybody in that team. And we'll see now who's got it in the locker and who yep. hasn't. It's, totally I think it's, it's going to be so, it's going to be great for us as fans. Yep. It's going to be great for the club. He's coming in and he's just going to come and weights and measures everything. And I think yep. Crackers is right on Hoiberg. And I, I, I can compare it almost to, uh, to Wilson Palacios when we signed him. When you first sign a player, you see all the good things they bring to the team that you've not had in the team. So you, you, you look at that. But then after 30, 40, 50 games, you start to think, right, I know he can do that. What more can he do? And then you start to see the weaknesses in the game. And it will happen with Skippy. It's happened with Tanganga and things like that. You know, Tanganga's debut, oh, he's going to be, he's going to be a top-class defender. And here we are two yeah, years yeah. later, and it hasn't yeah. quite happened for Tanganga. And this is the problem with a lot of them. No, I agree. Um, just to finish up on these players before, like I so said, we've got a we've got a squeeze in the shit quiz, and like I say, Jason has told us this has to finish by midnight. midnight. It has to finish midnight. You can hear him there. You heard him there. Uh, Harry Winks back on the pitch um, as he came on to help see out the game of eighteen minutes to go. Uh, to Jason's delight, played a very good ball over the top that culminated with uh, Marcus Schubert seeing red. It was actually a really good cameo from Winks. And, you know, we we're not scared on this show to say the players had a good game. Um, and uh, Davinson Sanchez, another that came on, helped to see that the game. He did just that. And Dombele limited time to make an impact, but did produce some brilliance to tee up Giovanni Celso, which Jason, I'm sure, would say it was worth the admission fee alone. The uh, Celso on for the final four minutes and unlucky not to score. Um, after the game, Antonio Conte speaking to the press said, crazy, crazy game. You know me. I don't like this kind of crazy game, but for sure my players have shown great commitment, resilience, because I think this team needed to win suffering and it was important that we did today. He went on to say, I want to repay the trust that the club has shown in me. He adds that we need to be patient. We have a lot of space for improvement. We need time to work, he says, in terms of the international break coming up, tactical and physical aspects to get to know them much better than now. And like I say, he refers to the players there. So do you know what? It's, like I say, a win's the most important thing for Tottenham because um, you look at that group now, we are in a bit more of a stronger position and ultimately we do want to see Spurs win trophies. Uh, we are, like I say, in all four competitions, still going strong. We're only a couple of points off the Premier League table in terms of that top four. And before we do go there, let's finish with a couple of listener questions. Guys, we're going to make these very, very quick if we can, the answers. We've got a fit in Everton and we've got a fit in this shit quiz as well. Uh, I feel really weird saying shit quizzes. Crackers, crack, I'm a copyright label there on that, for God's sake. I'm going to get sued by Richard in the morning for even saying it, let alone talking it. Um, okay, first one. Frank, up, let's come... Frank looks so happy to be doing this quiz. <laughs> you know what? I haven't done one of these for years, Crackers. 
Delighted. See that face. Studio days, mate. I tell you. Let's, the old pod. let's start with you, Frank. We're going to keep our answers very brief on this. Um, Frank, this is from Andrew Charman, who says, does Mason need to learn Italian as he's just a token appointment? And like I said, that's on the back of the news that um, he's actually given, we understand, Ryan Mason a first-team coaching role. And that's based on the fact that he felt in the days leading up to his appointment um, and working around him for the last couple of days that he's been impressed by him. Surely the other coaches aren't going to speak English all the time for him. Do you understand that appointment for you, Frank? Would you, do you back that appointment as being one of our own there, Ryan Mason? No, I quite like it, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I, looking at it tonight, there was a clip, I'm not sure if you saw it, where he was in full discussion with the rest of the staff whilst Conway yeah. was out on the touchline. And yeah. they looked like they were communicating all right. But listen, Ryan Mason, he's, he's very much a Spurs man. He's, he's worked with some incredible managers now. Um, so, so he's getting his experience. And I think you need that link to the players. You can't have just all the Italians and then all the players. You need that bridge. And I think he's he'll be sort of the guy that can communicate with the players, then back to the management staff. Yeah. Um, he'll, he'll get experience and um, fair play with him. Good luck to Ryan Mason. Yeah. Um, I've no. got nothing. I mean, you'll see some on Twitter. Oh, what's he doing there? I hope the club haven't forced Mason on Conte. They haven't. Don't be stupid. If Conte <laughs> didn't want him there, he wouldn't be there. Come on. Yeah. So no, that's, that's, he, he, obviously, he obviously likes what he's seen. And good luck to yeah. Ryan Mason. I hope he uh, progresses with his coaching and, and gets better and better. I totally agree with that. Nice words there, Frank, from uh, to Frank to Ryan Mason there. Um, Jason, come around to you. This is a very good question, this one. This is from um, Corey Alban, who says, it's early days, only one game, but Conte saw the best and the worst in Spurs in the space of 90 minutes there. Um, which players will already be in his thinking and which players do you think will all be hoping to replace, either with others in the squad or with new signings? Very quick, Jason, a minute on that or two. Um, very early days. Can you give an answer at this stage? You can't because we don't know what his thinking is. You know, the, the natural thing is to say all the ones that we don't like and all the ones that we do like. But like I say, there will be a couple of bits of Deadwood in there that will become big players under Conte and there'll be a couple of people that we all like that will become Deadwood under Conte. Simple as that. That is a joke. I love that one on the screen. A grill has no name. Sack Conte, get Marina. I think it's just a one-up to Jason. <laughs> This clown's been on all night, hasn't he, with ridiculous... <laughs> He's obviously not a Spurs fan, so why the hell is he watching us? No idea. The amount of uh, rival fans we get watching oh, us. Exactly. <laughs> Look at Richard's reaction. That's how big a club we are, mate. I love it. Um, Surely you've got a better, saying, better to do with your evenings than listen to a rival club's podcast. No, you'd be, su well, you'd be surprised. You would, you would be surprised. Um, right, we are going to go for our final break of the show um, for our listeners on audio. Taking you into this break, you're going to hear from um, a couple of Everton podcasters that have kind of given up their time to preview this game. Um, and like I say, we're going to be discussing that after this break. Hello, and thanks for having me on the pod. I'd just like to start by saying thank you to all of the Spurs fans, especially those who donated to Marine Football Club's virtual ticket campaign last year. Obviously, when Tottenham played Marine in the FA Cup, I was the social media manager at the time, and the, the support from Spurs fans was absolutely incredible. It helped transform that club and helped transform my career as well. I've, I've since got a job in, in professional social media so that's that's a lot of that's th thanks to spares and the platform they helped us get so we'd just like to start by saying thanks but yeah uh, i'm talking from everton perspective today obviously with the game coming up on sunday so i think it's going to be a tough game for everton we've obviously lost our last few games and we're in a tough run of form at the moment we've had a few injuries I don't think losing out on dominic calvert lewin has helped us obviously uh, we've missed him quite a lot um, in centre of midfield we've had our problems as well I didn't think we'd miss Andre Gomez as much as as much as much we have um, and there's a couple of injuries in the middle so Fabian Delft had to step in in the last game um, 
so it's we're a little bit thin on the ground at the moment. Obviously, Luca Dean missed the last game as well. Who's a very important player to us at the moment. So Ben Godfrey had to fill in at left back, and he he, he isn't having the best of seasons himself either. He's been out of sorts. Obviously, had a really strong fair season last year, but has faded off a little bit since. I think he. He may have been suffering from long COVID, which may be affecting his form a little bit. But um, from a from a team point of view, it's obviously going to be Jordan Pickford in goal from the start, and the back line is likely to be similar to what it was uh, in in on Monday night against Wolves, which was was Seamus Coleman at right back. Uh, and at centre back, it was Mason Holgate and Michael Keane. Holgate didn't have the best of games. Uh, he was throwing in a few silly fouls and things like that. So uh, hopefully, he'll be a little bit more disciplined at the weekend. Uh, ben Godfrey might fill in at left back again. Uh, I think Rafa Benitez said that Luca Dean was suffering some discomfort. So uh, it may be Godfrey again at left back. Hopefully, that back line will be able to deal with the threat of Conti's spares. Which it'll be interesting to see how, how how he lines up with Tottenham. Obviously, he likes that three 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 five two formation, but whether he plays Harry Kane in a two or whether he plays Kane up front on his own with with, with wingers either side of him, will be interesting to see. But I think it, there will be a handful for Everton's back line anyway, uh, which is the job of Allen in central midfield to to shield that back line. So I think he'll start in central midfield, and it wouldn't surprise me if Fabian Delph got a start as well. To be honest, he came off the bench against Wolves on Monday night, and he was he he put in a good shift. To be fair, he's he's not very he's not very liked among Everton fans for a couple of things he's done, and uh, obviously he's not played very much for us as well. But he he came in, he he did the job. Uh, on Monday night, so it wouldn't be surprised me wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if Delph started the game as well. Uh, so that'll be an interesting, interesting midfield battle, really, with with strong characters in in the Spurs midfield, the likes of Hoiberg and Don, and Don Bele. So it'll be an interesting little battle. But on the wings, it's likely to be Andros Townsend, obviously a ex Spurs player who's really coming to his own since coming to Everton. He showed a lot of promise, obviously, early on in in his career with Tottenham, and he. Obviously moved on to Newcastle and Crystal Palace where he learns the defensive side of his game a little bit more. But I think he's combined both of them now and he's he's a really strong, mature player. Always gives his best uh, gives his best effort. So I think he'll line up on the right side of midfield. Uh, Alex Awobi is likely to start on the left. Another player not liked too much among Everton fans, but it could be him or Anthony Gordon who's a player who's a little bit more liked. Uh, Gordon's a strong young player, tidy with his feet. Iwobi is not too tidy with his feet at, at the minute, but he got a goal on Monday, which might do his confidence a little bit of good. So we'll see. And up front, it's likely to be Damari Gray playing off Richarlison like it was on Monday. So yeah, those two could be could be effective on the counter-attack, but against the Conti team, I think uh, they may find it a little bit tricky to do so. So it'll be an interesting one to see how, see how Conti lines up with his first space team. Uh, of course, but it'll be a tough one for Everton, who are out of form at the moment. Uh, Everton Spurs games are always always exciting, no, always good games. So my prediction is a is a two two draw. I think it'll be a, it'll be an exciting one. Uh, Spurs will be right at it with obviously the new manager coming in with a new system. They'll be uh, invigorated, so it'll be tough for Everton to handle. But I, hopefully, uh, hope, I don't like to predict the loss, but hopefully we'll be able to find some kind of form ourselves, and Richarlison will, will be able to be on on form. But that's my prediction, so fingers crossed. Uh, but I'm sure you'll give us a good game. Hello, everybody. It is Matt from the Blue Room here, the Everton podcast. Lovely to be asked to come on here and talk about the Toffees. 
ahead of the game at the weekend. Uh, just very quickly, just want to say something on Tottenham. Uh, delighted to see Antonio Conte back in the Premier League and pleased that a fan base that I've always considered to be quite comparable to Everton's to be so excited going into what's going to be obviously an eventful time for the football club. So best of luck for the rest of the season, obviously, apart from this weekend. Of course, uh, on Everton, though, it's been a bit difficult the last few weeks. The honeymoon period has very much come to an end for Rafael Benitez. They've lost three games in a row. And I think the last 12 minutes at Watford, coupled with the first half an hour at um, what, at Wolf, sorry, on Monday night, was some of the, the worst football I've seen from an Everton side in a long, long time. The team not very organised, lacking belief, lacking effort, and I don't use those words lightly. Um, unfortunately, Everton have got a squad of players that have thrown various managers under the bus with lacklustre performances and half-arse performances, and, and we've seen that over the last few weeks after a typically decent start where everything's all right and we get a bit of a bounce from them. But the team is, of course, missing some really important players. Uh, Dominic Carver-Lewin was out and did a fine job on Monday Night Football, of course, on Monday, but probably just as important as Everton and missing Abdullah Decore, who was probably one of the best midfielders in the league at the start of the campaign. He was playing really, really well. And Yeri Mina as well, who probably, his importance to Everton has probably got a little bit under under noticed outside of, of our real blue bubble up here on Merseyside. He's been an excellent defender, real leader of the back for us and Unfortunately, he can't quite stay fit and, and that in itself causes problems. But when he's out the side, um, Michael Keane has never quite been good enough. Ben Godfrey had COVID over the summer and hasn't returned quite the same player. And, and Mason Holgate's just on a, a bit of a downward spiral. So defensively, we're a bit all over the place at the moment. Luca Dean, I'm not entirely sure if he's going to be fit or not for the weekend, but he's not been playing up to his usual standards either. And Seamus Coleman, bless him, is 33 years old now. He's been a, a fine player for us, but it's been running to the ground because Everton decided not to sign a right-back for the third year in a row. So everyone's a bit annoyed, a bit frustrated at the moment. And I get the sense that the moods in the two different fan bases at Goodison Park on, on Sunday are going to be completely different. You've got one in Tottenham fans who are going to be so excited to see Conte and what he can offer ahead of a new era for Tottenham with a brand new stadium. And you've got Everton who just feel as though we're trapped on a feedback loop once again. The same players letting us down, same unrest emerging about the manager and the same thing is being pointed at the director of football, Marcel Brands, and at the board. But nothing being done about it, ultimately. So, yeah, it just feels that Everton are destined for another season of mediocrity. Unfortunately, on Sunday, I don't really see Everton doing much or, or being able to create much to, to spoil Tottenham's party. Obviously, it'd be fantastic if we'd have Decorey and Carver-Lewin back, but they're nowhere near it, so they're going to be absent. It means a midfield, which is going to be short of, of legs, short of aggression. Alan's been doing okay, but hasn't quite looked on it in the last few weeks. And Jean-Philippe Gabarman made his first start in two years on Monday, but was hooked off after 45 minutes. So who knows what Benitez is going to do in there? Who knows what he's going to do with the back four? Um, but what I can say for certain is that there will be lads in that. That set up with Everton downtown time and are simply not good enough for the football club, even if they want to be a mid table Premier League team. So I'm not feeling too confident about the weekend, really. Um, I imagine Tottenham will be fired up, will be on it. And while obviously Spurs, a little bit like Everton, have, have shown a propensity for fading under the, 
the light of the big occasion at times. I think on Sunday you'll you'll turn up and, and do a job on us. So I reckon Antonio Conte inspired Tottenham will get a comfortable win at Goodison Park at the weekend. Uh, hope all you Spurs fans who are coming up to, to Liverpool will have a great day in the city and enjoy Goodison Park. Obviously, we've not got long left there before we move to, to Bramley Moor in a couple of years. And obviously, you guys know what that's like with, with White Hart Lane. So make the most of the area around Goodison. Make the most of a proper football ground. Hope you're all travelling back down south um, with a frown on your foreheads. But I imagine you'll all be a lot happier based on the way Everton have been playing as of late. Rich, let's start with you on Everton um, because it is going to be a game which sees Antonio Conte have a chance to get off to a winning start as a Premier League manager at Tottenham Hotspur and he'll fancy his chances against an Everton side whose form have taken an absolute nosedive since a promising start to the season. Um, As we know, you know, Everton away for Spurs. It's actually been one of our happier hunting grounds over the course of the last, what, 15, 20 mm. years. Um, how do you see, Rich, him approaching that game against Everton? Do you expect the number of those players that play tonight to feature and start in that game? Yeah, I, I think so. I don't think it would be a much different team to what started tonight. And um, I think Antonio Conte is the type of manager who will say all the right things in the press conferences and be quite respectful. And then when he gets into the dressing room, I think he'll be telling them players, this is a team low on confidence, who look a bit bobbins at the moment, to be honest. Get out there, listen to what I tell you, you know, know your role, know your job, and go and be brave. Go and take the game to them and you win. It's as simple as that. And I think... If we go and play the way that Antonio wants us to, we win that game, Rick. It's as, it's as simple as that. It's time now to start putting our stamp and marker down with this manager. And uh, as I said, do as he says, employ the right tactics, get on the front foot, and then we, we go and get the win because Everton just look absolutely all over the place at the moment. They look worse than us or, or, yeah. or what we did, uh, we did look. Mm. So just go and get in their faces. Go, go, and, go and take the game to them. And we win that. And I think we win it comfortably as well if we're brave, if we play the Antonio Conte way. And yeah. if players want fancy it, and, and want to go and, and take it to them. So, yeah, I, I, can't, I could see us quite easily winning that two by two or three goals if, if we go and take it to them. What's your prediction then, Rich? Let's go to your predictions. We can fit in this shit quiz. What are you going for? I'm, I'm going 2 nil Spurs. 2 nil Spurs. I love it. A clean sheet and a winning start for Antonio Conte. According to Senor Crackers over there, you're going to hear more from his dulcet tones in a matter of minutes as we hand over back to the headquarters of the man who is in the UK. Fresh, trimmed. Look at that face. Beaming. Beaming he is. I tell you, we love him in the UK over here. We're looking forward to seeing him very soon. Look at that. A fresh cut there. It's a two on the side. That's a one on the top. And that's a beaming smile that we absolutely love. Uh, Jason, hand back over to you. Um, a two-one loss to Wolves actually sees Everton now making it three defeats in a row under Benitez, who desperately needs to win to get disgruntled fans back on side. Um, Jason, how do you think Spurs will approach this game? Because there is now, I think, with Everton, um, an expectancy under Benitez because they weren't massively keen on his appointment in the first place. Therefore, to go on this run they're on now, the fans are only going to be even more frustrated. So how do we go up there and give us your prediction overall for that one? They were really poor at Wolves as well really poor. They've just got done by five by Watford. I think with Rafa Benitez, you know, I like my manager to exploit the weaknesses. 
find the gaps in the weaknesses and exploit them. And I think Rafa's one of those managers whose first thought is, how do I nullify the opposition? And so I think he'll look at Tottenham and he'll think, we must stop Song, we must stop Kane, we must stop this, we must stop, rather than trying to look at Tottenham and think, I can get at them. And so I think they'll sit back, which will suit us. And I think I think we go there and win the game, like Cracker said. Whether we can keep a clean sheet, I'm not sure, but I think we go there and win it by 2-1. OK, fantastic. It's coming around to you, Frank, to wrap up the predictions. Um, Everton have the edge on Spurs last season. They've gone on beating in all three games. They ground out a 1-0 win in London and then a 5-4 thrilling uh, FA Cup win, which I don't think for us was that thrilling. We got beat, of course. Before, like I say, a 2-2 draw back on Merseyside. But Spurs' recent record at Goodison is actually pretty decent with a memorable 6-2 win there in 2018, following up with a triumphant 3-0 win just a year earlier. Um, Richarlison's return to fitness is a big boost for Everton as the Brazilian was sorely missed during his time on the sidelines. Um, all eyes will be obviously on Conte. It's his first game back in the Premier League. Frank, how do you see this going prediction-wise? Well, I'm actually up there. for the, I've never been to Goodison Park, which is crazy. Well, because I've been to, ticked off, ticked off the list so many well, away Frank. grounds. Ticket off the and list. Uh, I needed to tick it off the list, so I'm going to the game. But um, we've performed that they're you in. You spare the ticket, have you, Frank? <laughs> no, well, I've been asked by everyone now. Everyone wants to know again, didn't they? But, um, I can't believe it. Touted on the, touted on the last one on Spurs. Can um, I just say, uh, anyone liable for suing, uh, not last one on Spurs content, please uh, endorse yourself to Mr. Richard Cracknell. And we'll disclaimer, disclaimer, put that below. <laughs> but but no, getting on to the game, I think if we can't go up there, the lack of form there is without the Corre and Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who are huge, huge players for them, particularly the way the Corre started the season, we can't get a result there with this new manager bounce, then I'll, I'll be gutted. Um, I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. My predictions are, are always shocking, to be honest with you. They're all over the place with Spurs. But I, I think we'll get the win. I can just see us conceding. 3-1, I'd like to see. But this is a, don't get it twisted. This is a weak Everton side at the moment with mm, the injuries. Yeah. And uh, um, I expect us to put in a performance, at least with Conte now at the helm. And uh, yeah, two, three, one. Uh, yeah. That's my, my, my and just, prediction. And just somebody, have a word with Romero and tell him what a cheat Richarlison is. Because yes. Richarlison spends most of the game on the making meals He, he, he will so try and get you set off. He will, yeah. exactly. He and will. Benitez yeah. will say, suck him in. And as soon mm. as there's any touch, down you go. So you yeah. just need to have a little bit of a word with him and just calm him down. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Frank, you get some real love in the comments here. Frank, he's the new Eric called Monster. Monster. There you go. Do you remember uh, him, the little agent with a cigar, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> what horrible little man he was. Don't call me Eric Hall. <laughs> maybe, for, maybe for the analysis rather than the look here, I tell you. I've had Danny Wells survived. I've had Danny Murphy. Now we're Eric Hall. We'll get, we'll, get, we'll get some more looky likey to Frank coming in the comments, please, in the next 10 minutes. What I'm going to do, I'm going to take a break. Um, I'm going to hand over to uh, our wonderful Mr. Richard Cracknell, who's going to take us through the next 10 minutes. Now, a lot of you watching this don't have a clue what's coming. Nine minutes. Nine minutes. Nine minutes. And I'm still talking. <laughs> Rich, you've got nine minutes. Take it away. It's the shit quiz. Thank you very much. And, you know, once Eric Hall was asked, Eric, is it true that you take 20% of your players' wages as an agent fee? And he said, no, they take 80% of mine. That was Eric Hall for you. So, uh, yeah, poor old Frank getting compared to uh, Eric. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, 
Eight, eight minutes, I'll get it done. Don't worry. Okay. Live and direct from Costa del Harlow. I've traveled 2,000 miles today, four hours. Been up since about 5 a.m. this morning. But there's always time for a bit of a quiz. Now, I put a little vote out on Twitter uh, yesterday, uh, and the people have spoken. You had a choice of two quizzes and 1,500 votes, and winning by 65% was this evening's quiz, which is called Continuity. All right, you see what I've done there, Jace? Do you like that? Yeah, yeah, I like it. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Okay, love it, love it. right, okay, right. Okay, so I'm going to give you a Spurs manager, okay? You have to tell me who the manager before was and the manager after him. And, 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 and I've included caretakers in this as well. All right, okay. Caretakers as well. Now, when I give you the manager, you've got to call your name out, you get a guess. If you don't get it, you're out, okay, because I know Jace will run away with this otherwise. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So yeah. think carefully before you call your name out. So just repeat that one more time, Rich. It, Listen, you're you're out. Name a manager. Just to confirm, you want, you want to name a manager, you want the guy before him and after him, correct? Exactly, i.e. continuity. Conte knew it. You see what I've done here? I, I, I love it. I love right it. Itself, you know. I love it. All right. I'll tell you. Okay. So here we go. You've got five of them. Tell me the manager before and the manager after. I, I Number need a one. Can you give me one? I need to get, I need to get a pen. One second. Right. Oh, crack on, crack on. Richard, Richard will kill us. All right. Jack Santini. Who was the manager before? Mm. Who was the manager I, after? Martin Yo was after. Was he, Okay. David Pleat. You've got to get before. both. Who? Hoddle. Was it Pleat? Or Hoddle? Yeah. Hoddle Pleat was what before. Pleat? Yeah. Pleat, Santini, Yole. So you sort of kind of got it between you. Okay. Got to call your name out. You've got to, get, sorry, you've got to give my, me the, my... you've got to give sorry, me both. Sorry, boss. Sorry, All right. boss. All right. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you very much. This is a serious quiz, you know. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not doing this for no reason. All right. <laughs> <laughs> With five minutes still to go and four questions left, Jace, you'll be off before midnight because I know you're turning right. on a pump in. Okay, here's your next manager. One before and the one after, please. Terry Neal. Terry Neal, the one before and the one after. Go. Bill Nick, Keith Birkinshaw. Yes. Ah, he's smashing this quiz. Rick, come on, he's keep smashing this quiz. I'll be here all night. I'll be like that on that one. I'll be here all night. <laughs> you can come. You can come back to next week. I've tried to keep it. I have to find him. I've I've tried to keep it quite uh quite modern. In in fact, it was too easy in the old days because we didn't sack managers every three minutes. Oh, really so I've kept it quite modern. Appreciate uh, it. <laughs> all right. Question number three. Your manager is Juan de Ramos. The one before and the one after, please. Frank. Juan de Ramos. Included. Yes, go on, Frank. Right, so Juan de Ramos was succeeded by Harry Redknapp. Oh, you want the caretaker? Uh, I'm included. Yes, yes, yes. Ooh. Before and after. I think 49 goals, Frank. I'll give you a little... I will, I will give you a little clue. Yes, and... It and think 49 goals again. Oh, they the same caretakers. Oh, look, 
Look, caretakers. I'm not going to go, go on, on Jace. Go on, Jace. With Alex Inglethorpe. Yes. Oh, he's uh, he's Before and after. How many games? How many Before games? and after. It's like one game or something, wasn't it? Uh, one, game, like right one game one. either side. Say, yeah. That is a great, great answer, Jace. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. His knowledge is ridiculous. <laughs> Clive, Clive Allen, Alex Inglethorpe, the game before one day, Ramos, and the game after. Bolton game, you're right, the Bolton game. They did. Oh, and then, He's yeah, before Harry took over, yeah. Unbelievable, Jace. Unbelievable. Yeah. I think Harry was there, wasn't he? Harry was actually yeah. in the stands, but Alan was in charge. Of he was? Yeah. Go on. Oh, man. He, he's on fire, isn't he, Rick? Okay. Number he's four. He's the next one. He's the next four, one. And the manager after, with continuity, Tim Sherwood. Mr. Gillet. Tim Sherwood. The one before and the one after. Well, that's easy, oh, Rick. Oh. Rick, Frank's come on, you've got Frank. Oh no, Frank's buzzed in. Go on, Frank. A A V B and Pochettino. Ah, he smashed it. Absolutely smashed it. Well done. Right, Rick, I'm giving this one to you. I think you you're staying rather quiet now, but so like you're the host of this. Okay. Just, just about. Last I'm one, on to be number this. five. <laughs> on Conte Nuity. Glenn Hoddle, the one before and the one after. One before Glenn Hoddle. Um, caretaker, caretaker. Chris Hewson? No. Jace knows, didn't you? Jace, you know, didn't you? I was thinking of car parks, mate. Pleating. Ple <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I mean, is it Pleaty twi twice, isn't it? Yeah. Pleaty yeah. twice. It is. Yeah, Pleaty twice. Yeah. Double Oh, imagine yeah. that, a double pleating. <laughs> pleat and pleat. Well done. I told you I'd keep it short and sweet. Well done, Jace. Look, 23.59, you're out of the woods. Amazing. Boys. Guys, listen, uh, thank you so much. Rich, thank you so much for that quiz. Um, I must say, Rich, you know when you told me where it is, because very quickly, we are going to finish now, but um, Rich, will you just tell people where you devise that quiz? Because um, in the world of the 21st century, um, I thought it was. He said to me, "We're on a bit of paper." And that paper's come all the way from Spain in Italy, in, into England, in that back pocket. Yes, yeah, it is, yeah. I think of a title for for a shit quiz, and then I work backwards. So that, that, that's how I work it. We did have, I did have uh, Pasta La Vista as well, all written out. But the people have spoken. <laughs> give us one question. And then we've Give us one Pasta La Vista <laughs> question. Come on. Pasta La Vista, because Spurs announced Conte in Spanish, like, couldn't even get that right, never stopped being Spurs, Spurs. Uh, I was going to do uh, Italian dishes or Spanish dishes. So I was going to give you obscure dishes that are either Italian or Spanish, and oh, you had right. to tell me which ones they were. But do you know what? Because the vote came in yesterday, I didn't even bother writing it out. I'll keep it for another day. <laughs> Guys, let me just say, look at this. Oh, look, Jason, and now look at uh, this. Oh, look, Jason, there's time now. Shit quiz isn't so shit, is it? When you win, there you go. Always in way. We'll, we'll leave on that. So, Jason, Jason, thank you so much. It's always lovely to have you on. You'll be back on with us very, very soon. Um, All right, to, to Frankie Major, our oh, new signing. One, thing. one on. thing. It's the first oh. night I've enjoyed the checker trade. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm loving the checker trade. Hallelujah. 
Under Conte uh, as well. Hallelujah. Under Conte as well. To the wonderful Frankie Major, our new signing. Frankie, thank you so much. You're back with us on very, very soon. Yeah, I've, I've got a few shows lined up, so looking forward to, know, to being back. And hopefully more positivity. You know, Fingers it's easy crossed, to do these pods when, when things are, yeah. are looking upwards totally rather agree. than downwards. Totally agree, mate. Safe travels to Goodison. Like I say, I know you'll be up there with the faithful, singing us proud, hopefully bringing three points home. And to our shit quiz king, the master of many trades back in the UK. Thankfully <laughs> with us. We'll be seeing him very, very soon. Richard Cracknell, thank you as always. Thank you, Rick. Yeah, and you know what? I'd I, I come on this show from Lanzarote where the internet runs on a dynamo and never misses a beat. And I come to the fifth richest economy in the world and uh, I, I couldn't even get in touch with you for the first half hour of it. But but thanks for sticking with it. And uh, I, I've had a terrific day, as they say, on, uh, on Bullseye and Jim Bowen. Thank you very much. <laughs> and on that note, over and out. Uh, to our listeners, thank you so much as always. Keep safe, keep well. We are back with you after Everton at the weekend. And it's just going to end on like this. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.